Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verses 8 through 22. The title of this verse is, The earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. We see that they, they exchange the natural, the natural for the unnatural. So when we talk about, and I, and I put this out today, it's very important. When we start calling things that are evil good, we're in a, we're in a tailspin. And our nation's in a tailspin because we're calling things that are unnatural, natural. We're seeing people that worship, you know, worship identity and worship sexuality, worship the climate, worship themselves. We have a lot of narcissism that's happening, sadly, big time. And that is what, what woke will get you. You start following false gods. And, and we're seeing it more and more. So we're seeing wickedness, not only in the time of Moses, but we see it today. But there's nothing new under the sun. And you go, man, they had homosexuals back in the day of Noah. Yes. That's why God dealt with it in Scripture in the Old Testament and the New. It was dealt with. You have a problem with your gender? You have a problem with God. You're saying what God made is not perfect. What God made in the womb was not right. And, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, one of the things I love about Noah is he shared the truth. He shared the truth. He shared the truth. And, 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 you know, we need to understand, like, when we do that, we share it with love. But we can't hide from the truth. Our conversations have to be intentional about it. Next, we see that they had wickedness, but they also had a perverted minds. Because every, everything imaginable that they could do evil was constantly on their heart and on their minds. They were fulfilling whatever deceitful lust that they wanted to fulfill. We also see the corruption. In verse 12, it, uh, it talks about corruption. Now, it, it doesn't matter, and I want to make sure you all get this, because I'm not trying to push one side or the other, but corruption happens on the left and the right. Corruption happens in the Democratic Party just as much as it happens in the Republican Party. Corruption happens at Twitter just as much as it happens at Facebook. Corruption happens, you know, in the Senate just as much as it happens in the Congress. Corruption happens. And even happens at the local level. And sadly, we see that, that, that people have lost sight of what God is, 
has has deemed to be right, and and we're we're choosing these things that are immoral. They're throwing morality right out the window, and that's what happened in the days of Noah. There was corruption everywhere. I mean, it, it's sad when you think about it that that a lot of the things that happened in Noah's time are happening still today. What did we learn? Nothing. We're repeating the same behaviors over and over and over. Next, we had injustice. Because we, we have in verses 11 and 13, it talks about the, the earth being filled with violence. With violence. And, and, and it's when we talk about this type of violence, it's the violence that, that it's violating God's given rights of man. It, it's, it's, and, and I'm not going to try to get too much into it, but it irks me. It really does. It upsets me when we try to honor somebody who's killed six people. And it's a hate crime. It was intentional. You have a young, a young girl that's, which is, you know, sadly the last shootings that we have have been non-binary, trans, trans, trans. We got a problem. It's causing, it's causing issues. And, and man, the devil loves it. There's a lot of demonic stuff that's happening around because let me tell you something, if we get out and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ and we talk to them about love and we talk to them that like God loves you and I know you're struggling with your identity, I know you're struggling with anxiety and depression, but God loves you. Just come to the Word of God. Just come to the body of Christ. Just come back to Jesus. Come to know Christ. Yet we're teaching these young kids that the way that we solve things are with violence. And there's a problem. We told you in the 90s that the games were too violent. They were too violent. Grand Theft Auto got worse and worse. Think about the morality, that, how that game got worse and worse and worse. You could shoot cops. You could do all kinds of vile things. Violent. And we said there was going to be an issue with this. You have Hollywood screaming, hey, you can't have guns. But then the Matrix came out. There were more guns and more violence in that movie. You see the hypocrisy? We got a problem. We have a problem with violence. And the, and, and the root of the problem it stems in the heart. The root of the problem is sin. It's sin. It's not the anxiety. It's not the depression. It's not the, uh, the, the suicidal thoughts. It's dealing what's going on with the heart. It's the heart. It's the heart. Where God makes residence. God wants to help those that don't know Him. He can help deal with all that stuff. But you have to choose to follow Him. And so we see wickedness and violence and, and, and corruption. And it's happening in our time too. 
In verse 14 it says, Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, and make the rooms in the ark, and cover the inside outside with the pitch. And it's important to understand when we talk about the ark, it's a type of Christ. And we'll get into that. Now what is gopher wood? Because I've never heard, I, I, you, you can't walk into Lowe's and say I need some gopher wood. It's, most people believe it's cypress wood. Uh, gopher wood is, is actually, if you look at it in the, uh, in, in the Hebrew word or the, the, the Septuagint in the Greek, it actually means squared beams. Squared beams. And, and most people believe it was cypress wood. Uh, to pitch, right? That's to waterproof it. So he would waterproof it. Now there's a place in Turkey where they believe on top of a mountain, and I'll show you all the video, they believe that's where the ark is at. The shape is there. Uh, they've done uh, uh, sonar scans. It's big enough to be the ark. And we'll get into all that. Like I said, we'll deal with that as we start talking about the flood. Then we get start getting into the measurements. And this is how you shall make it. Now, God is a God of order. That's what you need to remember. Like, if God gives you something to do, He's going to give it to you. He may tell you, I need you to take this step of faith and do this, and then He'll show you what's next. But if you're, if you're, if you're choosing the world, you're choosing your flesh, it's going to be harder for you to hear God. And you're not going to know what direction to go. But He says, and this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. And you shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish uh, it to, to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark at its, in its, its side. You shall make it with a lower second and third decks. And so we know what a cubit is because it's in Ezekiel chapter 40 verse 5. It says, And behold, there is a wall around the outside of the temple, and the length of the measuring reed is the man's hand with six long, six long cubits. Uh, being a cubit of hand, breadth, and length, so measured the thickness of the wall, one reed, and the height, one reed. And so it's really, at the end of the day, a cubit is from your elbow to the tip of your, your hand. So that's how they would measure. They didn't have, you know, we have all these nice little digital devices that do all that stuff. You don't have, they didn't have that. And it was a very bulky, streamlined, box-type boat. It was not meant for... Comfort, it was meant for stability because it was going to get knocked around and didn't need to, uh, needed to take care of not only the animals and Noah inside, but we know that the, um, I, let me get this here. We know that the, the, the boat itself was 450 feet long, so that's one and a half American football fields. Now, if you want to see pictures of it or video, you can go to the Ark. Uh, and they have made one in Kentucky, full size. And so you can see how big it is, but it's 75 feet wide, so that would be seven standard parking spaces, right? 45 feet high, so that would be a four-story building high that's built. It had three decks, right? And, and in the three decks, you could fit approximately 860 railroad boxcars. That's how big this thing was. And it had the capacity to hold up to 14,000 gross, 14, gross tons. And I know all that stuff's just a lot of numbers. But what you need to get out of that is that God is a God of order. God is in the specifics. He's in the details. And he's telling Moses, this is how the ark is supposed to be built. Here's the instructions. And you need to be obedient and take that step of faith. And I picked you to do it because you walk with God. You're righteous. You're just. 
You want God to use you? You, you? Man, you need to be walking with God. Your relationship with God. There are a lot of people, man, that they they, they serve in ministry or they do stuff, and, and man, their heart's not in the right place, but it, gets, it always gets exposed. God always brings whatever's in the dark to light. He always does. But we, we need to understand, like, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's, we, we step out in faith because that's what God's called us to do. We do it in obedience to Him. And we're under His covering. In verse 17, it says, And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all the flesh, and, uh, which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. So the word covenant, this is the first time. So in these verses, you have the first time the word grace appears, and the word covenant appears. The Noah, uh, Noah covenant, and, 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 and he's going to, uh, God will make this covenant with Noah. Your family will be saved. God will use Noah to, to repopulate the earth and, and, and also bring the animals. And, and when we get into verse 19, it says, "...and every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the, the ark. Keep them alive with you. They, they shall be male and female of the birds after their kind, and, and of animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing." On the earth after its kind. I'm going to stop right there because this is important. Now when we talk about the kinds, right? He, we're not talking about every type of animal that you see on this earth today. We're talking about kinds. And, and that's important. And so the Bible, the word kind is in reference to, and it, it means the family of animals. So if you think about a dog, that's just one kind. How many different types of dogs are there, right, that you get? And, and so, um, roughly, the authorities on tax, uh, taxonomy that studies this stuff, it says that there are less than 18,000 species of mammals, birds, reptiles, and amphibians alive today. Even if that were doubled to allow for instinct species, the ark would need to hold at least up to 75,000. And given the dimensions of the ark, the ark could have held up to 125,000 animals. And we'll get into that when we start talking about the ark a little bit more next week um, and, and the kinds. But I just wanted to make sure that you understand this, that word kind is very important. Birds after their kind. So it's, it, it's just to remember that. It's, those are little details that are very important as you study. And, and so it says, and two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. So Noah doesn't need to be animal control, okay? God hasn't called Noah to be animal control. God will send the animals to Noah when it's time. And you go, how does that happen? He's God. That's how that happens. When I read that, I don't have an issue with that because I believe in the attributes of God. I believe that God can do that. See, people struggle with these type of things because they're, they're, they, they're wrapping their head to it as a, they look at it through a worldview and not a biblical worldview. And, and it's important for us to understand that. It's like when we see that, the, the, he brings the animals. And it says in verse 21, And you shall take for yourselves all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. So he has to bring food for the family and the animals. 
That's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. You know how long yet? How long we're gonna be in there? You gotta you gotta stock up. And so Noah's gotten getting his instructions. And Noah in verse 27, thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. This is very important, and this is where we're gonna end tonight, and we're gonna spend a little time here. I, I pray that you would insert your name there, and it says that that Mike did according to all God commanded him, so he did. Or Floor did all uh, did according to all God commanded her, so she did. Right? That's an important piece of scripture. He's told to do it, and he does it. There are so many Christians that get told to do something, and they won't do it. It's like God is putting it on your heart, and you won't take that step of faith. God spoke. Noah did. He was obedient to God. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5, and I love this verse. I love this verse. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says, And do not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, one of eight people. And this is important. Highlight this. A preacher of righteousness. A preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Does it say bringing in a local flood of the world? But he was a preacher. What did he preach? Righteousness. Holiness. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. How do you think a preacher was received during Noah's time? 120 years of preaching, of righteousness, of holiness. You're separated from God because of your sin. You can imagine that Noah would have been rejected just as many are today in the pulpit. You can imagine that there probably were times that he was threatened or scoffed at or laughed at, and yet he continued to be a preacher of righteousness. So we have many that are in the pulpit today that are adapting the, to the culture. They're afraid of the repercussions to say something that's in Scripture because they're afraid of man. They're afraid of the mob. They're afraid of the cancel culture. They're afraid of the children of wrath and the sons of disobedience. What will they do to me? In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, it says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. In Hebrews 13, 6, it says, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's my thought about all of this. Because I'm telling you what they're coming after next is the Bible. They're coming after the Scripture. They're going to say that because if you preach that you're created male and female, that's going to be a hate crime. That's hate speech. And how many pastors will just move around that piece of Scripture and not touch it? Not me. Not me. What can man do to me? You know? And the reality of it is, is like, man, I fear God. That's where my reverence is. And, and, and I, I, I can't fear what people... You know, that's the thing about the internet. It's probably maybe out of 100 million followers, there's a, there's 100 people that are cancel culture. All it takes is a few people to say, hey, my feelings were hurt. We need to be bold in our preaching. We need to be bold in our pulpits. We cannot, cannot. I'm not saying that we get up and, and put fingers in people's faces. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it would be a disservice for me as a pastor to not 
give the full context of the Scripture and tell you that that path leads to sin. It's sin. I love you enough to tell you that. You want to be upset with somebody, you, uh, you can get on your knees and start praying to God because He's the one who wrote the book. Stop me. I'm just preaching what, what I have for the week. That's why I love verse-by-verse -verse teaching. We don't get to skip it. And I know there are a lot of people that are struggling with identity right now, but they need Christ. They need Christ. Being misdiagnosed with ADHD and all this other stuff, and they're being given all these drugs, and we have the cure. We know what, what brings hope, what brings joy. It's the grace of God. It's, it's God's mercy. It's His love. He's our authority. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's who my obligation falls to. Not to any man on this earth. We live in a society that's filled with violence and bloodshed. Prideful, corrupt, evil men. And yet here we have Noah, a man of God preaching righteousness. And where are the men of God today? I'm so quick to adapt to the culture. I love that God speaks to Noah and, and the only thing that Noah does is go, okay, God, let's <laughs> start building an ark. Let me start preaching righteousness. He is obedient. He's obedient. I love it. It's so simplistic. You hear the word of God. God speaks to you. You are obedient to it. I'm, I'm going down the wrong path. Okay, I need to turn. That's simplistic to me. It's hard for people to wrap their heads around because they think that it can't be that easy. You believe that, that Jesus was raised from the dead, that, that he died for your sins on the cross. You confess, you repent, you're forgiven. You believe in your heart and you follow him. You die to self. And he goes, hey, I'm not done with you. I want you to start making disciples. I want you to start being a light in this corrupt world. I want you to share the gospel. I want you to tell people how twisted up you were and how I saved you. Christians need to start doing that, just like Noah. Where are the Christians at that are going to share their faith? In Hebrews eleven seven, it says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned in things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of the household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. It's important for us to see that Noah in that verse, in Hebrews 11, verse 7, that Noah warned them of things to come. What's coming for us? The second coming of Christ. We're to warn them. I want you to think right now, because at this moment right now, the church is here. After the rapture, the church won't be here. You think about it now and go, man, I've never seen the world this, this crazy. Imagine when the church gets pulled up. It's going to get a lot worse. You don't want to be here. You need to warn them. Your life is but a vapor. You are not promised tomorrow. And that's what I love about the ark. The, the ark is a place of safety and protection. It is a type of Christ. And, you know, God doesn't, doesn't tell them, you know, I, I, God doesn't say I need a, a political figure, or I need a scientist, or I need a sociologist, I need a psychologist to deal with the world, or a professor. No, I need a man of God who will walk with me who will be bold and share righteousness to people. That I am a holy God, and you're separated from me because of your sin. And I want a relationship with you. He doesn't need sociology and psychology and political figures. 
What he needs is men and women of God that will stop what they're doing and start telling people about Christ. We need to stop having our 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 our, our view of the world be shaped by the world. Our our view of the world is to be shaped by God's word. We're supposed to have a biblical understanding and a biblical worldview. And I've told you there's too many dead sermons being taught by dead pastors from dead pulpits. They're trying to adhere to the culture. Well, it's okay if you're questioning your gender. If you need to be a girl, it's okay. It's okay for you to live a gay lifestyle. Just come to church. It's okay to worship creation and not the Creator. That's where we're at today. And all those things are wrong. We are to understand like God had put it on Noah and all Noah did was trust the future promises from God. God said it, Noah trusted it and stepped out in obedience and that's what we're supposed to do. We have future promises as well. I told y'all last week that you are to be ready because Jesus is returning at any moment. What do we stand on? We stand on the Word of God and the promises of God. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 